0: You are listening to The Sun on the Strip. I'm Brock Radke, entertainment writer for the Las Vegas Sun. And every Wednesday, I'll have an exclusive conversation with someone who is being fabulous on the Las Vegas Strip, as well as an update on what's going on in the world of entertainment here in Vegas. Thank you for listening. So I went to Allegiant Stadium for the very first time over the weekend to check out the Garth Brooks Stadium Tour stop on July 10th. And It was something else. If you haven't read my recap of this epic Las Vegas event, the first full capacity event at Allegiant, go check it out now at lasvegasweekly.com. I also got the chance to chat with Garth a bit on Friday during his pre-show press conference, and you can read about that experience as well at com. It was a pretty amazing show, but for me, since I'm such a Vegas guy, the venue was the star, and it was sometimes overwhelming to be standing down on the Raiders football field watching this superstar and his band do their thing while more than 65,000 fans all around us were celebrating and singing along. Definitely a night to remember in Las Vegas. The Backstreet Boys are returning to their strip home at Zappos Theater at the Planet Hollywood Resort, but not to resume their very successful residency show. They're going to create an all-new holiday show. It's called The Very Backstreet Christmas Party and it's currently set for 12 performances this fall and winter, starting on November 11th. This is the group's first holiday show production ever, and they have a Christmas album coming soon as well. Tickets go on sale this Thursday, July 15th. There were several other new show announcements this week, so if you want to get caught up, read my Curtain Up column every Thursday at lasvegassun.com. A third new show has been announced for the Strat Theater, in cooperation with Producers Spy Entertainment. We've already got Xavier Mortimer's Dream Maker, a great magic show. We've got Sammy Hagar and Friends, a musical residency coming later this year. Now the venue at the Strat is adding Banachek's Mind Games Live, opening August 4th and showing at 6 p.m., six nights a week. It's Dark Tuesday. Banachek is a mentalist and an escape artist and illusionist, and he's making his Las Vegas debut with this show. He's worked with David Copperfield, Penn & Teller, Chris Angel, and David Blaine, and this show should be a great compliment to Xavier Mortimer in that room. I just talked to Xavier last week on this show, so go back and listen to that if you missed it at lasvegassun.com slash podcasts. One of my personal favorite shows, part comedy, part performance art, is Tape Face at Harris. And after performing throughout much of the pandemic in the larger showroom space at Harris, this show is moving into a smaller venue soon, but not its original House of Tape Room, which was a makeshift space in the first place. It's moving to Harris Cabaret, also home to the X-Country Review, starting on July 23rd. Tapeface will finish up in the Harris Showroom on July 18th, which will make way for Donny Osmond's new residency, opening in the showroom on August 31st. Menopause the Musical is also returning to Harris Cabaret Space on July 22nd. So that's a very busy room all of a sudden. All right, let's get to my interview this week with a legendary comedian and a longtime Las Vegas resident, an actual resident, not just a resident headliner. Eddie Griffin will return to his midweek comedy residency at the Sahara in a couple of weeks. He actually started playing there back when the property was still called SLS Las Vegas, and his show is one of the few elements that has survived this resort's major renovation and transition. He's also one of my all-time favorite comedians. I grew up watching him on Def Comedy Jam and doing his solo HBO specials. He's one of those guys that is so recognizable in movies and TV, and he's still popping up in some pretty big movies, which you're going to hear about towards the end of this conversation. If you know Eddie Griffin, you know he's raw, and he's going to give it to you straight whether you want to hear it or not, so brace yourself. This one definitely gets the uh, explicit lyrics tag on the front, but there's just a little bit of that stuff. You'll be fine. You've been warned. Here's my conversation with the always exciting Eddie Griffin. Well, you are back at the Sahara starting on uh, July 26th, and it's mm-hmm. so cool to see you returning to this comedy residency because obviously a lot has changed uh, at the Sahara, but obviously they're holding on to some of the things that were working there before, bringing you back. Yes, that's 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 great news for me. Yes, indeed. Was there ever any talk about, like, maybe you should take your show somewhere else during the pandemic, or did they always want to bring you back at the Sahara? Oh, no, they always wanted to bring me back. You're going to be in a different space this time, right?
1: Uh, Yes, because the, uh the, the what was it called? the I think it was called the Sayers, the Sayers Club, Club. when you first started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is no longer there. <laughs> right. Uh, my residency starts in the, um. I'll be in the Magic Mike Theater
0: until uh, they can uh get my room ready. So the more permanent room, is that going to be where that bigger theater space was? Yeah,
1: the bigger theater. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're rearranging it for a smaller, intimate feel.
0: That makes a lot of sense. A lot of people were wondering what they were gonna do with that room, and uh mm-hmm. it sounds like maybe you're gonna be the first the first thing getting back in there. Yes, indeed. And you get to break in the Magic Mike room, too. They're not trying to get you to make a cameo appearance in Magic Mike, are they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that, that would be a sight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: all, them, all the big buff and me, here comes Skeletor. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> How long was the shutdown for you? How long did you go without a live performance?
1: I, I went on the road every weekend uh, during the, the whole uh, pandemic. Yeah,
0: you didn't have much time off at all. You were you were out there the whole time. Yeah, I was
1: out there the whole time. Yeah, I didn't. Read yeah, that. never caught a damn thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just put the uh, I guess docu comedy out uh, uh, a few months back, uh, laughing through your mask. And you talked a lot about that on what it was like to be out on the road and be traveling uh, during the pandemic. It seems like outside of actually performing, not a lot of fun to be had being a comedian on the road during a pandemic.
1: No, I mean, that mask on a six, seven hour flight to the East Coast is uh, yeah, that is hell. And then checking in the hotel, you know, there's no room service. I think the hotels have fun with this because they save a shitload of money.
0: <laughs> in the earlier days of the pandemic, when you were still playing shows, what was that like in terms of, because every place had, you know, distance that you had to do. Uh, people in the audience had to wear a mask too. There's all kinds of different rules depending on where you went. What was it mm-hmm. like just performing for an audience under those crazy circumstances?
1: Uh by the end of the show, everybody took their mask off anyway. <laughs> so I mean, what the hell? Yeah, you know I mean, I think uh you can only scare people with the fear tactics that the government's been doing and uh, and the media playing along with it uh for so long. You know, people have grown. If you're gonna catch it, you're gonna catch it. Just keep your immune system uh healthy, take your vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin B, vitamin A, you know.
0: And uh yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Did you ever have to perform while wearing a mask or did that never happen?
1: Uh, the first five minutes I had this joke because uh, I invented this mask that opens up <laughs> with Velcro. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I, this is this going to be the show. Y'all can't see my mouth. Uh, this is it, baby. I don't trust none of you motherfuckers. And I pull it down like, psych. I said, the mask is on sale. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure Whip it down, sip a drink,
0: smoke a cigarette, you know. I'm sure that went over real well. After that, if there was anybody in the audience nervous about going to a show again, after that, it was back to normal, I'm sure. Yes, it was. You did this little kind of independent film satire, Bad President. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All about Trump and all that craziness. So, I mean, you got to play the devil. What was that? (laughs) That's uh, maybe one of your most fun roles ever.
1: Yeah, the devil is, is a fun character to play, man. He's everywhere and nowhere all the time. You know, I'm truly a believer that, uh, yeah, uh, that Satan is behind everything that happens in that White House. And now the, the Republican Party. Anything that is good for the people, they're against. I mean, what, what, what's wrong with the infrastructure bill? They, they just want every bridge in America to fall down? America is known throughout the rest of the world as the giant thrust bowl. Because that is a fact. All our bridges are rusted. They just keep slapping paint over the top of it, like that's supposed to figure. You know, and now our, our grid system is on the verge of collapse. Uh, and we can get hacked at any moment because you know, there is no, uh, <laughs> no, there's no guard up to, to protect the grid because it's old and antiquated. Mm. And we could we could actually save over seven. I'm hearing we could save seventy percent of our energy with a new grid system most of us getting wasted so and then if you want to put the whole country back to back to work then rebuild it there'll be jobs for everybody See, that sounds too much like right yeah, it makes way too much sense so let's let's just say no no and hell no we're the republicans and we're going to say no because that's our job to say no because we represent uh who do, who do we represent it used to be big, big business, but big business wants a new grid system, so there can't be that. You know, big business wants their trucks to go across safe roads and bridges, so it can't be that. Hmm. Who are they representing?
0: Yep. They represent the devil. <laughs> Politics were such a huge part of everyone's comedy repertoire, right? Like, even comedians that didn't do political stuff. Had to jump into it because it was such a such a polarizing thing, and everybody was talking about it. Do you feel like you have dipped in and out of that kind of stuff throughout your career? Or, or
1: you know, I've always had politics. My first Def Jam, I did politics. Rodney King, whoop my ass, give me my cash. I've always fucked around with this shit because it's, it's somebody has to say it, so it might as well be me. I've been canceled so many times. Now, I'm hey, here, here, print this. I'm canceling the cancel culture. How about that?
0: <laughs> have you had like fallout from, do you feel like you've been not able to do certain shows or not able to do certain movies or anything like that because you have not adjusted? Conformed? Yeah, right, conformed. <laughs>
1: I'm sure, I'm sure I've missed out on quite a few films because of my non conformity. Uh, you know, Undercover Brother 2 starred Michael Jai White. I just put put that out there, you know what I'm saying? So something went awry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an old saying. Fuck you if you can't take a joke. It's comedy, goddammit. It's ha-ha, he-he. It's not called the serious show. It's called a comedy show. But that's people that take their own position in life too serious. It is a short trip we have on this marble, flying through space at, at hyperspeed. It's quick. It's over. And somebody else is going to have your job.
0: Enjoy the shit. One movie that you definitely did was The Comeback Trail, which has a theatrical release finally this month. Uh, Robert De Niro, Tommy Lee Jones, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, when, when is it dropping? I think the 23rd, the last time I saw. I know it's been of, done. Of in July? Yeah, yeah, and that one was uh, in the can for a while. What was it like working on that movie though? Because it looks really fun, and those are some heavy hitters, obviously. Yeah, man, they're, they're, they're some
1: good kids, man. You know that Morgan Freeman; he's he's got he's got a future, and that Bobby De Niro. I, I swear to God, there, there's something about that kid. There's something about him. I dig him. And yeah, he he can light up a scene. He can light up a scene. Those three, you be on the lookout for those three kids, man. You know, I've been around for a long time, but those three kids, they, they're exciting. They got some energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, it, it it was it was fun. Morgan Freeman is a very giving. Act, he said, "Man, you just you just go, go, go." Robert De Niro, the same thing, just just go.
0: So I just went. Yeah, a lot of a lot of improv in that one. A lot of uh, adding extra mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 You
1: know, they pros, man. I believe I'm a pro too. Uh, it was, it was written by uh, George Gallo and also directed a friend of mine. We did the movie double take together and uh, we, and, and I had him direct uh dysfunctional family. So yeah, Gallo called me up. He's like, you gotta be in this. I got this part for you. You're going to play uh, Morgan Freeman's uh, nephew. And I get, I played a heavy. So I, I beat Robert De Niro's
0: ass, choke him out. You know, it's just a fun move. Seems like you're back to your normal schedule. You're going to be doing doing Vegas Monday to Wednesday, mm-hmm. running around the country on the weekends like you always do. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like to get back to what you do and, and not have to worry about masks and social distancing and audiences and all that stuff? I'd have to say it's about goddamn
1: time. And then uh, I'll just hope the airlines get back to, you know, serving hot meals. Well, what's what's wrong with a hot meal? Stop bringing me that box of junk. (laughs) You know, hot meals. Anybody, your prices went up, but your service has gone down. And then you're wondering why people are biting on the plane. They're hungry. (laughs) And somebody got a warm belly. They tend to go to sleep. Feed us.
0: You probably you probably have way more than your fair share of those uh airline junk box meals at this Yeah, point. them junk boxes, man. I I just, I just no, I'm fine. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to add? Uh no,
1: just tell them uh yeah, I'll be back. Uh and uh laughter is the best medicine. Come down and get, you, get your medication. And yeah, go see the Comeback Trail uh <laughs> July 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me call up. I'm calling George Gallo. As soon as I get off, hey, is there a premiere? What's
0: going on? Yeah. That's going to do it for the Sun on the Strip this week. Thanks for listening, and special thanks to Eddie Griffin for taking time out to chat. Go see Eddie at the Sahara starting on July 26th, uh, Monday through Wednesday. If you want to find past episodes of the Sun on the Strip, just go to LasVegasSun.com/podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Catch you next week.